episode 12, and we're back. Hey, want to give a quick shout out to Outpost 31. Outpost 31. And our friend Gilbert, who is now, hopefully, by the I don't know, by the time this comes out, he's probably reached his destination. Yeah. In the nice snowy and, north. Yeah, snowy, or at least not as hot as it is here, I bet. Um, also giving a shout out to Irma, who's on her way to Alaska, and to Lily and her wolf dogs. Everybody moving up north. I don't blame them. It's a... Uh, it's like hot out there right now. Yeah, I like the heat, but it's real hot right now. It is really hot, but I'll take that over the cold any day. Yeah, y'all can have that cold weather. But uh, heat in New Orleans in summer is not news. No. And there's other thing that are other things that aren't news this this week, um, including the big reveal. The big reveal on the New York Times. The uh, Headline. Well, the New York Times reported on it. Yeah, they reported on it. A lot of people reported on it, but this one's from the New York Times. The headline reads, The U.S. finds no evidence of alien technology and flying objects, but they can't rule it out either. So, remember that um, Remember that report that we that they the, the government promised us? Yeah. It was kind of tucked in in that the um, yeah. second stimulus check. Right, back in December, they tucked it into a bill that they had six months to uh, re- release a report to Congress. Right, and the date hasn't come yet, but they, I think it's uh, June 25th. June 25th, there's going to be another report. But right, and so it's it's going to be redacted to hell. Oh, yeah. So, so this one is what they reported. The New York Times, I think they kind of broke the story of what they reported for the public right. um, on UAPs and what the task forces found. And unsurprisingly, we got exactly what we thought we were going to get. Not much. Not much. Not much. Um, They're just saying, we're not saying it's aliens, but we're not saying it's not. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. They find no right. evidence that it's aliens, but they can't rule it out. And it's a lot so, of a uh, lot of different event, a lot of different events of aerial phenomena witnessed by Navy pilots. Yeah. So if you go back, well, this happened in 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. that Navy pilots off the coast of, um, what was it? San Diego continually saw strange uh, objects that they couldn't identify. Especially out in the middle of the ocean. It happens. Right. It seems to happen a lot out in the middle of the ocean. Now, uh, they were kind of like cylindrical white objects. Tic Tacs. Well, they had one that was called Tic Tac, one called Go Fast. Oh, yeah. And um, the other one's Gimbal, I believe, were the files that they called them. But they look like Tic Tacs, so that's why they're calling them Tic Tacs. Uh, white, cylindrical, and moving in ways that they can't explain, submerging themselves... And going in supersonic speeds. Yeah, one pilot described it as a, I forget how, the the numbers here, but it was like dropping from one height to another height in less than a second, which was thousands of feet, which is not possible by any means we know by necessary. And another one that was viewed, apparently there's a video of it, of, uh, of the craft going into water. Right, submerging itself. Yeah. Things that we can't, we can't possibly explain. No. So this happened back in 2014, 2015, and it was just reported on, or the videos were just released last year, believe it or not, by Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 and To The Stars Academy. Now, we've gone gone over this already um, in some of the past podcasts, but just to catch you guys up, and uh, the New York Times, which is also where we're getting our information from for this article. So last year, they they released the videos to the public, and so I think that... uh, the government at that point in time was kind of under pressure to say something about what they think it is. Right. Um, so then the Department of Defense released a couple of reports 
Number one, that they're investigating this. They don't understand what's going on with this craft. And number two, that they might themselves have craft made of off-world materials. Now, that's pretty much all we got from the Department of Defense. Right. In this current report, uh, reads here, determines that the vast majority of more than 120 incidents over the past two decades did not originate from any American military or other advanced U.S. government technology, the official said. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's aliens. No. I, I have my theories. Well, I do too. And but the fear is, and recently, um, the person that put the 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 report uh, demand in that bill was Marco Rubio because he is so afraid. He says he is afraid that it's going to be a foreign power that has the fully advanced technology that we can't explain that we don't know how it works. Yeah. And they have said that this is not um, American U.S technology. Unless, of course, it's we a have super, not... super secret... Super secret. Super secret. Super secret. Branch I mean, of the it, government it could that even be, nobody but knows. I, you know, I don't know. I feel like it was like somebody like Elon Musk or something developed yeah. this on the lowdown, and he would be bragging about it all yeah, over Twitter. He, yeah, he did. So, I, I really think that it's probably, unfortunately, Russia or China. Now, we know that both of those governments have been working on supersonic technology for a while now. Yeah, there's an article, actually, I was just reading the other day from Popular Mechanics about how there, there's an experimental engine that, it's a Chinese engine, uh, that could get us anywhere in the world in two hours. And I shouldn't be saying supersonics, it's hypersonic. Hypersonic, yeah, because this one, in, in wind tunnel tests, they, uh, they got this thing up to Mach 16 by leveraging sonic booms. Mach 16. That's crazy. So you can yeah. get anywhere in the world in two hours. These are these are uh, you know experimental engines that have been worked on in China. So who's to say of what we're seeing now is uh, a product of that? Well, no. And all I know is this: is when ten-year Navy pilot veterans, right, ten years, yeah. see something that they're like, we don't even know what that is. Yeah. That's something. So my theory. And, you know, my theory is that it sounds, unfortunately, like it's foreign governments. Yeah. I think uh, whether it's foreign governments or whether it's aliens or whatever it is, I don't... I think it's... Uh, I think it's... My theory is that it's uh, super drones. It's, there, there aren't people in these things. It's, it's like super drones, which would make sense. Because people, as far as we know, humans, we can't survive that type of travel from that, from that fast to that slow in such a short period of time. We well, unless they've somehow stabilize the interior i don't know yeah but the problem is is but as far as what we know from physics when you if you go from that fast to that sudden of a stop the, the ship's gonna fall apart it's gonna rip apart from modern physics that we're aware of you know and there's, there's some sort of new alien technology that's being dealt with but uh and if it was aliens there's no reason for an alien to actually be in the ship you know, why would they be? They don't need to be. It could be a drone. I mean, we have a drone. We currently, as inferior as we are, we have a drone on Mars right now that we remote operate, you know, remotely. This is just huge, though, if foreign governments have technology that we can't even begin to understand. You're right. So, so now, now the question is, was that technology retro-engineered? Well, that's the thing. And that's the thing, especially with the ship that goes into the water. It's like, well, what's that all about? It's like, uh, you know, if you remember that movie, The Abyss, you have a situation like that going on where there's a whole something, something going on down in the water and they can, they can come up from the water and, and, you know, fly through the air as well and then go back to the water, which would be why we would never see them. They're in the middle of the ocean. 
If I'm not mistaken, I think Volkswagens were intended to float. The bugs? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, not that were, that has anything to do bugs. with anything. I don't know where, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, and the interesting thing is, it, so, you have to think about, like, in, in countries like uh, Russia and China, a friend of mine brought up, how much land mass do those guys have? That you could have crash stuff all over the place. Yeah. So, right. I mean, we're a big country, too. I mean, supposedly but, we had a crash site, you know, in Roswell. Right. You know, but uh, you look at the United States and you look at Europe, we're pretty small. You know, there could be a lot of other crash sites. Well, and then Bob Lazar is like, uh, you know, he came out and said that, yes, definitely we were retro-engineering. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, look at where we were. If you look at, you know, where we were as a civilization from 1800 to 1900, to te- you know, the technology advances, and then you look from 1900 to 2000, it's a, it's a big, big difference there. You know, in 1900, we couldn't even fly. And in 2000, we have smartphones and supersonic planes and all that good stuff. So, and, and this is an interesting thing, too, that a friend of mine brought up. Um, so, in the 1950s, you have saucers, right? Yeah, yeah. That kind of modeled our architectural likes. Yeah, the UFOs. And design the likes UFOs at the time. UFOs kind of look like uh, moon eyes, you know, like the moon eye hubcaps and yeah. things like that, you know, flying saucers. And So, uh, and now you've got these sleek, compact, fast moving ships that are not anything like what we remembered from the 50s no they kind of like like drones but they also model popular um i guess architectural yeah modern design modern design yeah like like drones they look like super drones so do or so i don't understand how yeah why a saucer would be (laughs) why do they no longer look like flying saucers why do they they no longer now they look like super drones so are the aliens aping us or are we aping the aliens? I mean, well, clearly we're aping whatever it is, you know. We're aping whatever it is using our modern technology, which is inferior. So 1950s technology, we're going to take, you know, what we've discovered and turn it into a flying saucer. In 2021, we're going to take what we've learned and turning it turn it into, you know, supersonic drones. I don't know about y'all, but I miss the flying saucer. I think flying it was cooler looking. Cool. Absolutely. It definitely had a better aesthetic. I bet you they had more room in them, too. I bet they did, too. Well, you're not flying in the new ones. The saucers you could potentially fly in. Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't, I'm don't. i not I'm not, 100%, I'm not convinced that anybody or anything is flying in any of those. I think it's all drone technology. Well, the Defense Department has been investigating this um, for over 13 years. Longer than that, I bet. Well, yes, of course. But they've got a uh, they had a little known advanced aerospace threat identification program within the Pentagon that uh, began in uh, 2007, and it was largely funded at the request of Harry Reid, okay, who is a Nevada uh, Democrat, was a Senate Majority Leader at the time. Now I'm taking this directly from the article. Right. Uh, it was officially shut down in 2012 when the money dried up, according to the Pentagon. But Luis Elizondo, who you guys know from To the Stars Academy, I think he's recently resigned, but he was with To the T- Stars Academy, which is Tom DeLonge Blink 182's um, company or their his his whatever his organization. Yeah. Um, he ran the program at the time, and he said he continued it to to 2017. So. <laughs> I mean, this is wild, y'all. We got aliens or foreign governments with stuff we don't know how it works, but it was broken open by the singer for Blink-182 with a former secret aerospace 
guy. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, well, it says here in the article that, um, let's see, the report also examined incidents involving foreign militaries over the last two get two decades. So intelligence officials believe at least some of the aerial phenomena could have been experimental technology from a rival power, most likely Russia or China. Kind of reminds me of uh, Firefox. Remember that movie, Firefox? Uh, vaguely. With Clint Eastwood? Oh, you got to watch that. It's oh, great. Oh, Clint, Clint Eastwood's a babe. Yeah, How do I not remember yeah, that Yeah, it's, it's a super secret... Uh, super secret. Super secret. Super pursuit mode. <laughs> it's a super secret uh, jet in Russia that Russia owned. Like, it was a hypersonic jet. And only Russia had it. And uh, Clint Eastwood had to sneak into Russia because he was the only American pilot with the with the... With the skills that could fly this thing. Maybe it's Clint Eastwood. Maybe. I mean, you look that movie up. It's a great movie. It's like from 1981. But what I do know... You know, they're still using the... They're still using the weather balloon thing? Yeah. As an excuse? Okay. I haven't heard sure. swamp gas recently. I haven't heard weather balloons in a while, but yeah. I mean, I mean it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hear they're... weather balloons over swamp gas for sure. No, they're still using the weather balloon. Yeah, thing. of course they are. So, I mean, that's pretty wild to me. We all know it's not weather balloons, y'all. No. You know, if the government is listening, we know it's not weather balloons. No. And you got Navy pilots that are seeing these things, which is Right, weird. exactly. It's not, it's Ten not year just, veteran. The, it's not, yeah, it's not right, some right. guy out in the country who, you know, whatever. <laughs> he's been who's, smoking who's driving, some dope. He's driving down the country road at three in the morning and he's drunk off his ass. <laughs> these are actual Navy pilots who are seeing these things, which is... But you know, you know if that same dude says he sees a Sasquatch, I'm going to believe him over well, a Navy pilot. Sure. So there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all about... I mean, you see a drunk guy out in the that's lived out in the woods his whole life that sees a Sasquatch, he probably yeah. saw a Sasquatch. He says he saw an alien. I'm not so, I'm not so sure about Navy that. He says he sees, sees a Sasquatch. Aliens, he saw uh, the aliens. Okay, you know, unless it's a uh, Sasquatch that's being driven by an alien. Oh, God, Sean. Yeah. We, uh, that, he has to bring that up at I least I mean, it's going to come up but anyway, every now and then. But anyway. So June 25th, uh, they're going to have an... Um, official classified annex to this. Now, this is all we're going to find out. I'm sure they're going to tell us everything. they can't say that it is aliens, and they're not going to say it's not aliens, but they have a final classified annex. And um, it will not. And, and this is, again, a quote from the New York Times. Um, While the annex will not contain any evidence concluding that the phenomenon are alien spacecraft, the officials acknowledge that the fact that it would remain off-limits to the public was likely to continue to fuel speculation that the government had secret data about alien visitations to Earth. Super secret. Super secret. So, in other words, um, they're not they're not going to tell us if it is aliens, although, which is also going to lead us, us to believe that it's aliens. They're not going to tell us anything. And, you know... We all know that. No, they're not going to tell us anything. So, that is like the most vague report that I've ever heard. Well, and you knew we knew it was going to be vague. Of course. Let's, let's not pretend. No. So basically, we spent like, what, 30 minutes just now telling you what you guys already knew last year. Yeah. That we were going to get nothing bullshit. out of this. But we have a song connected to it. That's what we have. Yes, the yeah, article, absolutely. The article does not have this, but we searched out a song that would be, you know, connected and, to and this. And this one's perfect because it is a band called the Roswell Brothers. Of course, we're going to find that band. Yeah, they're on Germany's nine records, but N-E-I-N records, but they uh, hail from Mexico. All right. Yeah, and this comes from their April fifth, twenty twenty one EP. We are the domain. Um, I think it's got three songs on it. Mm-hmm. This song is called UAP. UAP, of course. Of course, by the Roswell. Of brothers. course, we're gonna find this song. Now, um, I looked up pictures of them. It looks like they're wearing luchador masks, and they have a great, 
Um, they have a great stage show That's that I, I think has been put on hold because of COVID. All yeah. the articles about them, I think, are sure, yeah, are in Spanish. So I kind of had to like do a translation. Yeah, but uh, they say there's their show. Their their show is that they are the three crash pilots from Roswell. That's hilarious. I know. That's I fantastic. Love that. I need. I need and to see this. And they all come from different musical backgrounds, from what I gather. But they all collaborate with each other. And they said, you know, of course, you know, COVID has slowed down live performances. Sure. But I think that they're, hopefully they're going to be performing soon and put out a full-length album. But this song is called UAP, and it's from the Roswell Brothers. All right, let's check this out. <laughs> Are we secretly being visited by our neighbors from other planets? Are they studying us, planning for a future invasion? Roswell UFO. Go. Oh, 
Oh, what a discovery. How intelligent alien life changed our life, our history, or the way we perceive the world. I like that one. I had to put my dancing shoes on for that. Well, this next story that we have comes from the Washington Post, May 3rd, 2021. Now, a lot of you guys may not know... Uh, well, a lot of you may remember the Noid, the Avoid the Noid, the Noid from Domino's. Dominoes. Yeah, in the 80s. Well, they're bringing the Noid back, but you may not know that there's a kind of a dark history or a dark story about yeah. the Noid. Yeah, so you've probably seen the commercials where the, you know, the Noid's coming back. Uh, he's even going to be with Crash Bandicoot in the video game. Well, let's let, let me tell you a quick quick story about what the Noid is. The, yeah, this the is The Noid crazy. is a claymation character that appears to be a person in a red rabbit suit. It's really bizarre, but he's also like a bandit. And I think the Domino's Noid, or a Dominoid... Dominoid, yeah, it was named after Dominoids, which was, you know, any kind of a incident that would prevent a pizza from being delivered on time in 30 minutes or less, because back... You know, back in the '80s, their whole competition was with, with was with Pizza Hut, who was like a dine-in type of experience. So they were trying to push, you know, pizza delivery, and we could get it there hot and in less than thirty minutes was their thing. Right. So the Dominoes, their the Noid was their enemy, and they had to avoid the Noid. He would take a pogo stick and he pogo on the pizza, yeah. or try to interfere with the delivery drivers getting there in the thirty minutes. And so the whole thing was they were avoiding the Noid. Yeah, fun commercials, fun little mascot. They were, until, unless you think it's about you. Right, yeah, unless you think it's about you, then it's not so cool. No, especially and, and if this is last... actually kind of like a sad, this is a very sad story, yeah, actually. Especially if your name is, last name is Noid. Right, so, in um, 1989, uh, in Chambly, in Domino's in Chambly, Georgia, a man entered the restaurant with a gun and insisted or thought that the commercial, the Noid, was named after him. Now, his name was Kenneth Lamar Noid. He was 22 years old. Yeah. And he had an ongoing imaginary feud in his mind with the owner of the Domino's. That the, the guy was in his house and peeping around, and it made the Noid about him. Yeah, so he walked into the restaurant uh, with a gun and uh, demanded $100,000 in a white limousine that could serve as a getaway car. Yeah, he had all kinds of crazy demands. So he held these people at gunpoint. And he, he wanted to talk to the company's owner directly about right, it. Right, right. Because he figured that they owed him money because right. the, the character was about him. Yeah, they thought they were attacking him, avoid him, because his last name actually is Noid. Right, and unfortunately he was n- not mentally well. No. But uh, he wanted all kinds of things. At one point in time, he wanted an extravaganza pizza, which had like three different kinds of meats and cheeses and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys remember the extravaganza oh, yeah. pizza. It's tasty. Ugh, yeah. Anyway, but he wouldn't let them cut the pizza no. because he was afraid they had, a, they would cut them with a knife or a pizza cutter. Okay. Um, they called the, I guess, like the Domino's Safety Center and they got somebody on the phone. And I, I don't know that they took him ease, they took the employee seriously until... Not at, not at first. No, until uh, Noid started shooting into the air. Yeah, they and fired they two shots the and then, right. they were, then, they, then they hung up, then he hung up the phone. Right. And then they realized, uh-oh, we got a situation on our hands, which yeah, turned into get, a... Then they had to get negotiators yeah, involved. Yeah, it turned into a five-hour ordeal with two hostages and a standoff with police. Yeah. Over this whole Noid silliness. So, the phones start ringing off the hook. Um, everybody's trying to get in touch with him. And 
I believe he even said what he wanted a private plane to take him to Mexico once. Yeah. He wanted sure. an extravaganza pizza. Then he yeah. wanted a copy of the science fiction book, The Widow's Son. I mean, I, and I think that they got him the copy of the book. When the police finally got there, they got him the copy of the book, and he said, "Never mind. I'm I, I just kidding. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to give up my hostages." I'm not gonna say that his demands were uh, uncalled for. I mean, you kind of want some of the things like that. You know, take get, give me a limo and a hundred thousand dollars and and an extravaganza pizza. I mean, I, I kind of want all that too. I don't know if I go that far, but, you know. Well, I would hope not. Yeah. I would hope not. But finally, um, the employees escaped, and Noid, uh, Noid surrendered around 5 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah, he finally turned himself in. And now the Noid is back. Yes. Now, unfortunately, um, Noid did lose his battle with mental illness. He got treatment, but unfortunately i guess it was too much for him yeah and we feel very sorry for mr noid and the employees that had to go through that terrible ordeal but uh dominoes did say that their reason to stop using the noid in commercials was not because of this incident no that's what they uh, said that was in 89 and i think they said uh you know the noid commercial stopped around in, like the early 90s so it went on for a few years after that and they just kind of phased it out because it kind of just ran its course and now, uh, 30 some odd years later, they're bringing it back. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, oh, and they're bringing it back because of driverless, driverless delivery. Yeah. Driverless they're test- delivery They're actually cars. testing out driverless delivery. So the reason why they said they're bringing the Noid back is because the Noid would definitely want to stop driverless delivery. Now, see, I'm kind of, I might have to side with the Noid on this one because for quite some time as, as a youngster, I did deliver pizzas for a living. For about right. 10 years. So there's a lot of drivers that are probably upset over this whole thing. Uh, you know, see how long, how far this is going to take it with the uh, driverless cars. But, you know, technology will progress and things will change and that's just how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and I know a lot of pizza delivery drivers and, you know, they've been they've been cleaning up yeah. in, during COVID. So yeah. it's been like one of the, yeah, I guess... They're working hard. Yeah, they're working hard. They're yeah, working they, hard. They're making good money, but those kids are working hard. Yeah. So... As you know, Sean can tell you as a former pizza delivery driver, um, both of us still work in customer service in one way or another. Right. And um, I got to tell you, it's like it's hard out there to have your job phased out by robots. It's a it's a crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and I believe I I think personally that customer service people have what kind of what gotten people through this COVID and. You know, they're, they're delivery drivers, they're the people making your food, they're the people stocking the shelves at the grocery store, and it's been really trying for everyone because everybody's kind of been stressed out, and so please be kind to your people because uh, it's a hard job as it is, and then, you know, when right. you are when you go in there and you got to deal with people that are kind of, we, we all get unreasonable people. Unfortunately, this was was extraordinarily unreasonable. Yeah, although I'm not, I, I'd be curious to see, I'm not, I know driverless cars for a lot of things or the future, but I'm not sure how far they can go with food delivery. Seems like a lot of... Uh, I, I, I think it's... I, I, I don't see it happening. I see it happening on small scales. I mean, you got drones delivering packages. You got, you know, it, it's it's coming for sure. But on what scale, I'm not sure. Because how do you protect a, uh, a, a car that's delivering food, you know? I mean, it seems like it'd be pretty easy if someone wants to hijack a vehicle Well, that's like what I'm that. saying. They're going to be food pirates. Right, food but, pirates. But are, is it going to be like really advanced vehicles that you like armored food delivery well if it's food pirates i hope they have vehicles like that movie ice pirates <laughs> some rad big wheel trucks they're just gonna roll over them and you know 
Right, right. I think the Noid might be minor compared that to the problems the that they're going to run into. Maybe the Noid will control his own fleet of ice pirate type vehicles to stop these. See, I don't cars. think I don't. I think Domino's needs to hire us because I think that they're not thinking outside not the box. Thinking I think they're bringing the up now. Although the Noid was popular in the '80s and everybody had Noid shirts, and I, I don't get look. Yeah, I remember. I it. don't get the Noid. I don't get. Um, uh, I don't of, get the Coca Cola Coke Bear. It was kind of like the. Uh, I don't. I don't get it. It was. I, it was a thing. I mean, you had the raisins, the claymation raisins. I don't get it. Claymation was the big thing. You know, Peter Gabriel had the video, and everybody was doing. Well, claymation play- was a big thing. Claymation at the time. was the big thing back then. So, I mean, it makes sense. But I just don't get. Uh, I don't really get viral marketing. I, no. But people do. They love it. They embrace these different characters, and it's kind of strange. But as you can see, it can have a dark side too. It's a mascot. It's easy to latch onto. It's it's great. Uh, you know, PR try to promote your product. Can I tell you? I did have a pair of Coca Cola jams. Yeah, kind of everybody did. <laughs> what Remember was the, up with that? And a Coca Cola shirt, like weird, should, right? Should you be paying me to wear when this shirt? When you're a kid, you're like, I want this Coca Cola. Yeah, the Coca Cola so rugby, Coca Cola rugby shirts. It's like, why am I paying thirty five dollars for this shirt? You should be paying me to wear this shirt. Although, although, uh, wouldn't you agree that as we become adults, we're still? I would like to think that I don't, but of course, I'm sure I've, I've got to think about it. But you know, brand name stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, you're like Hollister stuff. And you think about all the all the brand name stuff with the name plastered Von Dutch. Yeah. What was the other one? What the was like the more the more metal thing that the dudes were into for a while. Oh, uh, starts with an A, I think. The. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no. I don't saying. know, but you know, and, and so now it's like I think with the with the goths, it's like a kill star and stuff like that. But everything's plastered real big. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, real big across the front, like you can't. Find anything in like some of these goth brands that don't have their name all over. But then again, we had lip service. And so they had the lip service dagger, so you could identify lip service. Right yeah, away. I never got any of that stuff. I was like, just just give me basic black. Should well, I was never a, tiny enough. Give me a black to shirt, black never jeans. Never tiny enough to fit in a lip service. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I guess. You gotta be very small. I don't know anything about that, but yeah. But but anyway, so yeah, it's it's kind of strange. Like viral marketing is strange, and it, it makes me wonder what what appeals to us. But anyway. Strange times we live in. Strange people. Our so, minds work in strange ways. So speaking of the Noid and Domino's Pizza. Yes, we have uh, a song. There's a song about this, right? Yes. Oh, hell. The, this song is called Avoid the Noid. How about them apples? And it's by a band called Shiza Minnelli. All right. And it's off their... Now, they're from Frankfurt, Germany. Because that's what we do. We're going to bring you these weird stories, which is cool. We're going to talk about them a little bit. But uh, it's all about bringing you the songs. Connect it to these stories, because where else are you going to hear these songs? You know. Yeah, you gotta so go digging. We're gonna song- dig for you. We're gonna dig and for you. Check out these songs if you like them. Go uh, buy their please, stuff. Please, Bandcamp. All go these. Go to Bandcamp. Yeah, we, mo- Bandcamp is our favorite place to yeah. download, and we do pay for these downloads. You're, these bands are gonna get the money right away. Absolutely, they're gonna get most of their money. Mm-hmm. And so you want to go to Bandcamp. So we're gonna put li- uh, links in the show notes to these bands where you can go buy their stuff on Bandcamp. Yep. Um, Support them. Yeah. Again, this this band is called um, Shiza Minnelli. From Frankfurt, Germany, with the song Avoid the Noid. Now, this song is off of their January 7, 2011 uh, album, Fight Against Reality. All right. Now, I didn't know this, but this band has been around for a long, long time. Now, they were formed in 2003 in Frankfurt. Oh, wow. And they've got four full links out, splits and compilations and EPs. Now, I looked this band up. They have gone... They've traveled all over the world. That's awesome. They've supported just about everybody. Every big punk band you can think about. That's awesome. Yeah, and so this is a little uh, blurb 
from their website, and it says they hearken back to the days where skaters were still considered rebels, and punk was in the underground. I love it. Shiza Minnelli channels the spirits of this of the sound and attitude of the '80s West Coast hardcore skate punk, blending raw punk riffing with musical prowess and poignant lyrics that range from social issues to personal struggles into a style that's all their own. That's badass. Yeah, they're really really good. So, without further ado... Check it out, turn it up, go buy their stuff, and, uh, yeah. Avoid the Noid. Avoid the Noid. Why are you following me? Find out about a company called Consumer Recreation Services. They won't stop, Nick. I paid the bill. I paid them more to make it stop. I need the police. They're gonna break into my house. They're trying to kill me. Who's behind this? Who did this to me? Why? Across I look, a whispered ear, stuck in this state of fear. Chills crawling up my spine. It's medication time. Everybody looking at me The Noid, man, that song makes me want to uh, go grab a skateboard and uh, break my leg. Because that's probably what would happen if I did that. In your Coca-Cola jams. In my Coca-Cola jams. So I, look cool. I did use a skateboard in my Coca-Cola jams. I'd look cool doing it, but I'd have a broken leg or, well, or two. Well, I had big thick glasses and Coca-Cola jams and was a chubby child. <laughs> so you know I didn't look cool. Yeah, well, it happens. Um, in reality, that was before contacts. Now I'm just... We were all weird-looking kids. Yeah, I know. We're weird-looking adults, too, but that's okay. Sure. So the, this next story... Wait a minute now. Okay. now. Let's repeat the name of that band again. That yes, was That please. was Shiza Minnelli with Avoid the Noid. So check them out. They go, go buy their stuff on Bandcamp. Yep. 
So go do ahead. It. Go ahead with the new. Do it. This go next song is uh, a little close to home where we're at. Very close to home. About, yeah. an, hour about an hour west away. of us. West of us in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Red Stick. Uh, at LSU, apparently wildlife authorities are making sure there are no more red piranha. Now, this story comes from CNN, mm-hmm. and about um, about an hour and a half west of us in Baton Rouge, they found a red piranha in a, a lake near the campus. Yeah, there's a bunch of lakes near the campus, I don't know if, if you're not familiar with Baton Rouge. It was, re- well, it was, uh, the yeah, U- Louisiana State University Lake. Yeah, which this does not surprise me, because... Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> the concept so, of having someone having this as a pet and then for some reason releasing it into the into the local lake, that I mean, we that happens all the time And, here. you know, we always talk about invasive species. I don't know what yeah. it is that we like about invasive that, but species. I love invasive species stories. I don't know why. But, you know, there was some bro on LSU's campus yeah. who was like, bro, look at my piranha bro. I'm going to release into the water. It's going to reproduce and it's going to make a super mega fish. Well, why do you think? Why do you think they let it go though? If it was a pet, do you think they were getting in trouble maybe on campus or something? Or maybe, well, maybe they were moving. Oh yeah, you know they probably flunked out of school and they were like, yeah, uh, what am or, I gonna do with? They, yeah, maybe they had to go to another. Who knows? What am I gonna do with what? What do you think the name of the name of the piranha was? What do you think they named him? Snappy. Snappy. I don't I'd name know. Name him Snappy. Little snap, snap. <laughs> Little snap, snap. Little snap, snap. Snap, snap. <laughs> the the piranha. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that people do that here for some reason. We, we there's a few parks in our area, and, and, and it's it's kind of understood that you're not supposed to do it, but people do it anyway. They release pets into these parks, and you know. Now these red piranhas, of course, not indigenous to Louisiana. They're no. um, also known as red-bellied piranhas. Right. They're native to South America, and they're found in the lower elevations of the Amazon River Basin. Right, and their fearsome reputation is not as bad, you know, because of well, B-movies and finish, pop culture. Let me okay. finish talking about these guys, okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're moving ahead. I'm any. As you do, as one yeah. does. Or we'll finish a conversation, then you'll go back and you'll, like, talk about something we were talking about two hours ago. because I like to jump around. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, they can grow more than a foot long, and they're known for their razor-sharp teeth and mm-hmm. jaws. However... As Sean was saying when he jumped ahead, uh, probably they're not what you think about in the movies. No. Um, they're they're gonna feed on dead stuff, so yeah. probably dead dead waste and dead dead uh, other dead fish and whatnot. Yeah. So I think that they're more like cleaners, but still, you know, you don't you don't want that. No. You don't want invasive. Species. And if you are bleeding, you know, if you got an open wound, they they could attract some some unwanted attention from those fish. I would guess, but. You know, still, it's not supposed to be there. I'm not even supposed to be here today. No, and that poor that poor guy, you know, he yeah. wasn't doing anything. He was minding his own business, probably, in, like you said, in the fish tank of some bro on the LSU campus. And for whatever reason, he's like, I'm going to put this in the lake and see what happens. Like, yeah, and so they also said, you know, if if you do catch one of these guys, don't throw them back. No. Yeah. No. Probably contact your local wildlife and fishery agent agency you know now here's a little I, this is a little bit of a little bit of something something um now uh, let's talk a little bit about piranha teeth now uh, they're uh they have they crunch bone right and shred flesh they will totally mess you but up but like like knives they get dull right yeah so what do they do well they have no way to sharpen their teeth so what they do is they lose their teeth and they regrow all of their one teeth um Several times over their lifespan. What? Yes. I the think thing, it's on one side. They just keep growing. Yeah, on one side, they lose them. 
I guess yeah. so they could chew on the other side. I don't know. And they, and they got those super powerful jaws. So not only do they have the sharp teeth, but they got super powerful jaws. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how they eat. And it's got, do you know the uh, set of teeth that grow in? It's known as a crypt. As a crypt, okay. Yes, that's the where the, where the teeth, the new teeth that's start their, to grow. That's not their wisdom teeth popping through? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. But they're below the other teeth, so they're never without a pair of teeth. So when the one teeth, it's kind of like uh, when you so get when your baby, they look out, like they your baby new, teeth. Right. But that, that, I guess whatever that gum area is, yeah. is called a crypt. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. It's like you lose a tooth or you wear it down and there's another one right behind it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty handy. Right. So that's just a little infer- interesting information about piranha teeth. Another invasive species article brought to you by Tales from the Tomb. Yeah. But we have a song. We do have a song. We have a song about all this silliness. Now, I'm really excited that I discovered this artist. Yeah, um, you're, you're another really artist, good at that. Another artist like uh, Shiza Minnelli that has lots of material out that for some reason I haven't heard about and now I'm obsessed with. And this artist is called Hannah Piranha. Hannah Piranha. Or Hannah Piranha. Hannah Piranha. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's probably Hannah Piranha. Maybe so. Yeah, I would think I, so. I haven't heard anybody say her name. Right, but that would be my guess is Hannah Piranha. Yeah. Well, she is from London, UK. Okay. And this song is from her March 6, 2020 album, Wednesday's Child. Hey. And this song is called Teeth. So, you see, bringing it all back together on Tales from the Tomb. Another new artist. Check it out. Go to Bandcamp. Download it. Buy their merch. All that good stuff. And in the meantime, listen to it here. Right now, a here. little bit of information about Hannah Piranha. Okay. Uh, Hannah Maria was a daughter of a Catholic priest. And she was born during a hurricane. Wait, what? Yes. Daughter of a Catholic priest? Yes. Say that again. That's what it says. That's what? comes from her website. I know. So she was How, the daughter of a Catholic priest. How's that work out? And was born during a hurricane. We're not going to question it. We're just nope. playing the song. Okay. Um, right. It was a prophetic beginning to the diary that's exposed in her turbulent and often disturbing songwriting. Okay. Um, and like I said, I'm reading this directly from the website. Accomplished multi-instrumentalist Hannah uses violin, violin solos and string arrangements... Um, to create a unique sound over heavy guitars. That sounds like a fun way to think outside the box. Yes, and she's influenced by Bach, Nine Inch Nails, and everything in between. Wow. So I knew that this one was going to be one for you, Sean. Oh, that's right up my alley. Yes. And it says her live shows are compelling, and the audience is taken on a voyeuristic trip of pleasure, anguish, and shame. Uh Uh-oh. I love it. It sounds like... Sounds like a good time. It does sound like a good time. So anyway, oh, this is called Teeth. By Hana Piranha. Let's check it out. I promised him I wouldn't bite. But he'll not let me from his sight It's getting sore This twisted jaw And it just seems I can't let go But oh, he's losing blood at such a rate He said, oh you Jezebel Coming to my world Demanding everything from me He said, with those fevered teeth And their lethal technique
I've kept my wardrobe all in black And when he goes I know I'll never want him back So soft and sweet For wayward teeth And I just close my ears When they ask me What plagued you into such a state He said Oh you Jezebel Coming to my world Demanding everything from me He said With those fevered teeth And their lethal technique You'll never ever be set free Call me back Spring by spring Songs like that, that is exactly why we do this, to find new music like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I couldn't choose which song I wanted to play by her, so we're going to, in our outro music, we're going to have another one. Yeah, because two is better than one. We I, do whatever we want. We do what we want. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go find some more stuff And by this her is only the it. second time that we've played two songs with the same artist. Right. Yeah, in, the, in an episode, so. Sometimes you got to do that. Yep, you sure do. Now, we have another interesting story about I I want to I want for this epi- this episode and the next episode, we're going to talk about things that lurk in the water. Uh-oh. Yep. And so this story comes out of St. Uh, Catherine, Jamaica. Now, a- we always I I do like to do like kind of like three different type stories like i definitely like to do we like to do ufology mm-hmm. cryptozoology and then sometimes some paranormal type stuff if i can mm-hmm. find something really good on the paranormal type stuff but um we sometimes do have invasive cri- species hmm? we love invasive species we do love well. invasive species mm-hmm. so that's true that's true but i think that that links in with cryptozoology as sure. well it's kind of like displaced creatures yeah but sometimes creatures haunt places. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard. And this is that. our cryptozoology story for the mm-hmm. for the night, and this story is about an evil mermaid, one that resides under the flat bridge in Rio Cobre, uh, the Rio Cobre in Saint Catherine, Jamaica. Okay. 
Now, they say that a bloodthirsty mermaid is responsible for a number of fatal crashes that happened this week. I like, heard about actually, that. Well, two, two that happened this yeah, week. Yeah, I heard about that. Now, this this generally happens at a bridge, the flat bridge crossing um, the Rio Cobre River, which is the flat bridge. Mm-hmm. So this week, a minibus driver was killed and her vehicle fell into the river when she collided head-on with another car. And a few days before that, another woman drove her car right into the river and uh, the complete the police claim was a suicide, but other people blame the mermaid. Now, evidently, there is a long history of this mermaid causing chaos. Right, and apparently, uh, if the river changes color and gets dirty, then that is an indication that the mermaid is active. Now, I've heard everything on this story from the river turning murky to the river turning moss green, but if the river changes colors then that's bad news. Then it's the season of the mermaid. The season of the mermaid. And it's a lot of people refer to the mermaid as a river mama. Right. I believe is the cryptozoology, cryptozoological or the folklore name of this mermaid that lives in the Rio Cobra in Jamaica. And the folklore goes, the, the only thing that will, uh, you know, make this mermaid, you know, happy or, you know, sustain this mermaid is blood. So if the river changes color, it's mermaid season and she will demand her blood, and once she gets enough blood, then it's no longer mermaid season. And I've heard other stories, too. I've heard that the fish are of the river are her children. Okay. And if you fish them out, then she will come seeking revenge. That makes sense. I've also say, uh, you know, sometimes she sits on the river and combs out her long black hair. Right. Um, but they say, don't touch her. Don't look at her. No. Don't talk to no. her. And then she'll you can fall into a trance and she will grab you and drag you into Leave the river. her alone. Yes. Because the only thing that will apparently quiet the mermaid is blood. And the, I didn't read that one, but it sounds like it. It yeah, sounds so, like she's is taking sacrifices. Yeah, so the only thing that will quiet the mermaid is blood. And as soon as uh, the mermaid is satisfied, accidents in the area will cease. Hmm. Until the river changes color again. That's very interesting. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know too much about the River Mama in Jamaica. I mean the 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 River Mama in Jamaica, but I am not going to look at her, touch her, talk to no. her. If I see you, I'm just going to keep on walking. In fact, I'm going to go the long way around that bridge. Yeah, I think I'm just going to avoid the bridge altogether because uh, I don't want to. I don't want to make her mad. At no, all. no, definitely not. And you don't want to fish for her children because evidently she doesn't like that very much I, either. I, would, I don't blame her. So yeah, so if anybody has any stories about mermaids or river mamas or anything of that nature, we would love to definitely hear them. Have you seen a mermaid? We want to hear that story now, too. Now this mermaid in Jamaica that lives in the uh, river, have we found a song about it? Well, we didn't find a song about it, but we found a song about an evil mermaid. Oh, okay. That's, well, that fits. Right. So I want to hear more. I want to hear more mermaid stories. Yeah, though. I do. Yeah. So if anybody has any mermaid stories, um, don't know don't know too much about this one except for the fact that you know, be careful driving over that bridge or go around that bridge right. because the mama is coming for you. If the uh, river is a weird color, then uh, take right. a, take an exactly. alternate route. Right. Take a, take like a water sample. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Don't go around. make eye contact with anybody combing their hair out on the beach. <laughs> Don't right. fish these waters. No. Don't eat their her children. Just, leave Just it don't alone. do it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. But this next song is called "Evil Mermaid." Now, okay. this is from pretty far away from uh, the River Cobre. Right. The Rio Cobre. This is this band is from Jena, Germany. Okay. Which has all of its own folklore. I'm sure we'll be talking about oh, that yeah. stuff too. Oh, um, yeah. But this song is called "Evil Mermaid." 
And it's from a band called Ivory Kashinsky. And it's off their November 12, 2020 album, Chapter 2, Chapter 2, Two. Two. Chapter two. Chapter what? There's a ghoul inside the man. There's a ghoul inside the man. No, I don't hardly know anything about this band except for their progressive hard rock from Jenner, Germany. Yeah, they're interesting. Yeah, it's very, very different. Very so, different. So, um, we don't generally do too much progressive rock. We lean towards more dark wave and punk rock and stuff like that, post-punk. But this definitely falls into the... Um, you're not going to hear anything else like this guy. Yeah, it definitely fits in the tales from the tomb world. It fits the story, and it's it's, it's unique. My first listen to it was like, okay, wow, this is definitely different. Now, I do have to say that this, I'm really pleased with this episode because we do a little, we're doing a little bit of everything on this episode. We got a little kind of like dark music. We got some punk rock, uh, some surf punk types. Well, not surf punk type stuff, but we've got some like skate punk type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, then we've got this weird song we're about to play. We try to mix it all up. Yeah. Because that's what we're all about. We talk about silly stories and things that we may know about or may not know about or act like we know about, but it's all about these songs. Yeah, but I'm thrilled with I'm thrilled with the music in this episode. Right. So this song is called uh, Evil Mermaid Evil by Mermaid. Ivory Kashinsky, mm-hmm. and they're from Jenner, Germany, and I don't know anything about them. So if you know anything about River Mermaids or this band, then write to us. This is a long one, so relax, turn it up, and take a load off, and check it out. Here we go.
fun little 70s prog tune. Yeah, I feel like I took a trip back to the 70s. Yeah. an epic, an epic song. You know, I, I like that a lot. When yeah, you sent it, it to me, I wasn't sure at first. I was like, is this the right song? But right, because yeah. generally, you know, I send three minute bangers to Sean, but uh, this one, I, I was, I was just, I was good stuff into it right away. Yeah. So that was Ivory Kashinsky from Jenner, Germany, mm-hmm. and it was called Evil Mermaid after off their album Chapter Two. There's a ghoul inside the man from November 12, 2020. We're going to put a link to that in our show notes. You can go buy the whole Look up Ivory Kaczynski on Bandcamp and download that stuff. That's what I did today. And it's uh, it's in Euro, but it's easy. Just do it and download it and pay I mean, for it. I mean, it shows right there what the currency translates. Yeah, the currency. Exactly. You know. Name your price. Just do it. Name your price. Just do it. So. Very, very good. Lots of good songs on that. Um, now, you know, I was thinking about the River Mama. When, uh-huh. During that that epic song that you know we were just listening to, right. I had some time, and you know how they say you know you can't you can't look her in the eye. Nope. Well, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of celebrities out there that you're not supposed to look in I've the eye. I've heard that. I've heard those stories. Yeah, and so a few of those celebrities are uh, Katy Perry, uh-huh. uh huh, Tori Spelling. Oh, okay. I didn't hear about Tom Cruise. I heard Tom but, Cruise uh, way back in the day, but and uh, Sylvester Stallone to name a few. Oh, you gotta look way down and look him in the eye. Yeah, so do you think uh, maybe maybe they are river mamas? Don't touch them. Don't, don't look touch at them. them. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Just stay away. Don't. If they're combing their hair, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go fishing don't for do their it. children. Don't go fishing for uh, dynamite. What? What? No. Exactly. No. You're introing this song terribly. I know. But anyway, we got we got one more song for you tonight. You know. We love playing songs. Right, because not only this week do we have fishing stories, scary things in the water stories. Invasive species. Um, I found one for, well, not next week, but the next two weeks. We're going to try to get one of these out every two weeks. Yeah, um, something like that. So we're going to continue on our theme of don't go in the water. Uh-oh. Don't go in the water. There might be piranha in there. There might be evil mermaids in there. And next week, I'm not going to spoil the surprise. Nope. But it's another terrifying story of something recently this week that happened in the water. Now, we didn't yep. have time for it this week. Um, we will get to it in the next one. We will. We will. But if you encounter any of these things, you may want to do what? Go fishing with dynamite. Right. And so that brings us back to... Hannah uh, Barana. from London, UK. Yep. We're going to play another I one wanna, I, we can. I like, I like her music so much, I want to... I wanted to play more than one tonight. We're going to do that. So as outro music tonight, before we say goodbye, I'm going to set this up. This song is called Fishing with Dynamite from Hana Piranha from London, UK, off of her July 25th, 2017 album, Fishing with Dynamite, from the same name. Go download it. Go download it. Link in the show notes to uh, Hana Piranha's music on Bandcamp. Support all these people on Bandcamp. They get the majority of their money and they get it right away. So from all over the world, we got music tonight. And uh, we will see you in two weeks. And this has been Tales from the Tomb. See you later. Bye. I'm a lone wolf. I'm a ticking clock. In a woolly coat. Infiltrate the flock. I'm a lawn to myself. And I'll make short work out of you.
Clock. Got a long list, gonna tick you off